0: Hello and welcome to this FT Advisor in Focus podcast about a talent that will shape the advice industry of the future. The advice market is in dire need of more talent, but as times change, so do attitudes of people. So what does the next generation of advisors expect from a career in financial advice? How were they introduced to advice? And what do they look for in an employer? We're about to find out from our three aspiring advisors. Lauren Turner, who is currently client experience manager at TFP Financial Planning. Ben Mitton, a trainee at Lumen Wealth, and Carl Nordo, a Marine who is embarking on a second career in financial advice. Hello, all. Thanks Hello. for joining Hello. us, for us today. Um, I'd like to start by asking, um, when did you first weigh up a career in advice? How were you introduced to, to advice and what did you understand financial advice to be? Let's start with you, Lauren. So I first got introduced to financial advice
1: at 17 when I did work experience at school. I actually went to TFP and that's where I learnt like, financial advice is exploring what people want to achieve with their money, goals and objectives and realised there's a difference between financial advice and financial planning, which TFP have a strong focus on. So it's kind of so much more than I thought it was than just like helping people invest their money. There's
0: so much more behind everything you do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Cool. Um, ben, how were you first introduced to advice?
2: Um it took me quite a while to get introduced to financial advice, actually. So I'm 28 years old, and I started this career when I was 27. But before that, I had loads of different careers. So I worked in software sales. Um, I was a teacher in Japan for a few years. I was even a gardener for about seven months. Um, and the one thing I realised throughout all of those careers is that I just really enjoyed working with people. Um, but I hadn't quite found the career that, I, that, that that enabled me to work with people. But I had the same sort, this sort of job satisfaction. Um, and my both my, my parents are solicitors and, and work within the sort of financial space loosely, so they work with accountants and, and financial advisors on a, on a daily basis. And they said, do you know what, Ben, I, I think you should get have you know have a look into it. And it, it wasn't until I was 27 that I really did start looking into this and, and, and just off my own accord finding out what was out there. But, you know, when I was at school and when I was at university, there wasn't a huge amount of info out there, um, for, for me personally anyways. Um, but just started looking into it, looking at, you know, what, what what the the job is and what you have to do on a day to day. I thought you know I, I could have a crack at this. Unfortunately, there was a an academy um, position at Lumen, which is where I'm at now. Went for a few interviews. I really liked them. Fortunately, they really liked me, and I guess the rest is history.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Um, and I completely agree. There's a big problem with people not knowing about financial uh, financial advice earlier on, um, you know, at school or or just after school. Um, but Carl, you are. In the military, mm-hmm. what, what? How did you get introduced to advice? Uh,
3: I suppose always I, I wanted to be in financial services, probably for the past, you know, sort of five years, uh, and that's predominantly going down the road of like Barclays, JP Morgan's military internships. I've had a few friends that have gone down the, 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 those paths with, and, and carved out good careers in that industry. Uh, as I started to explore uh, and find out that. You know, my interest in investing and financial planning could be a job, uh, and that sort of desire to have a more personal interaction with with, with a client, you know, it left financial planning and, uh, as as the obvious answer for me. Mm-hmm. Fairly oh, cool.
0: recent. Now, you've all chosen slightly different <coughs> entry paths, I believe, Um and just 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 like to quickly talk a little bit about what your chosen route of advice is and and why you chose this and whether you. Weighed up any other kind of routes, um, Lauren. You you join as an apprentice type advisor. Is that is that correct?
1: Um, yes, yeah, So I joined TFP after university, and they were funding my exams for the, through the CII um, to get in the qualifications to become like the power planner and progress up to a financial planner. So it is very much an apprenticeship that. I'm working for the company, learning on the job while getting to learn all the technical information behind. So for me, it was a really good way because what you're learning, you're applying straight away. So it's got so much more mm-hmm. relevance to the job. And I feel like applying what I'm learning is just so much better for taking it in. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoy the working while learning
0: Yeah, group. Yeah, absolutely. And um, and Ben, you already said you were doing an academy um way of, of entering advice what have you have you weighed up any other routes
2: um so i was quite fortunate in in the fact that this academy presented itself to me as an opportunity um i know i know traditionally and from my research before applying for the academy that people tend to start this career as financial administrators or, or power planners and work their way up through 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 that way um what i think attracted me most to the academy at lumen and, and why I, I think it's very fortunate because I don't think there's many academies out there is they combine that uh, financial um, administrator power planner and and even the actual financial advisor role all into one sort of to accelerate your learning over sort of the course of two years um and so i I did look into it but I was fortunate in the fact that the academy presented itself to me
3: um, as an opportunity.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what about you, Carl?
3: Yeah, so it's probably worthwhile to point out I don't have an entry into it right now. I've, uh, I've explored um, lots of uh, academy routes and I've been in conversation with business owners. Um, so I've got lots of ongoing sort of conversations with people, but I, I don't ultimately have, have, a, have a way in right now. I've explored the academy routes. Um, I suppose what's put me off some of those so far is that it's straight into uh, self-employment and that sort of doesn't fit my needs right now so that that's what pushed me to sort of sign up to next gen planners I'll go a bit of it alone I'll fund my own uh, journey and, and qualifications uh, and and as I get further along the path hopefully something will present itself and we'll just keep getting out there and meeting people and
0: uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Um, so are you planning to join another firm as an employed advisor in an ideal scenario?
3: In an ideal scenario? Yeah, that that is what, what I'd like. Mm-hmm.
0: And are you, Ben, are you self-employed or are you employed?
2: No, no. So the Academy is part of an advisory uh, mm-hmm. company. So we're like, here at Lumen Wealth, or uh, Lumen Wealth is a, a wealth management company that has over sort of 20, 30 senior advisors. And the whole point of the Academy is that these senior advisors are going to retire soon and they have a huge bank of clients that need to be serviced. Um, So they always say at Lumen, you know, the the worst thing you could have is having a financial advisor who retires when you retire, Uh, which, which is a massive problem in the industry. So that's why we have our academy is to... Uh, again, I don't want to, to push too much on, on questions that might appear later, um, but what I love about it is this buddy mentor scheme that we have in which you're paired up with a retiring advisor. So over the two years that you are training in the academy, you're working directly with a senior advisor, you're working with their client bank, uh, with the idea being when they do come to retire um, – you'll be sort of looking, at, you'll be looking after that client bank that you have been sort of nurturing with the senior advisor for a number of years. Um, and the transition period is a bit, a bit smoother. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely don't have the confidence to be self-employed.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Um, now, speaking of confidence, has advice ever appeared a frightening industry because of the regulatory aspects, any of you?
2: i I think I, I like the regulation um, it's structure and stability, which I think uh, for someone who's just getting into it you you need that um, well I need that anyways to make sure that I'm hitting the right markers and going in the right direction.
0: Mm-hmm. What about you, Lauren? Have you been intimidated by the regulatory threat <laughs> i think
1: I think it's some cases I have I've been lucky enough that um I've been working alongside planners so I've been able to write some suitability reports and you like you're reading through what you're writing it's like have I explained the disadvantages enough is that clear enough for, like my mum and dad to read so I think because there's such a focus on it when I've been doing bits and pieces with suitability reports I'm like is that clear enough that someone off the street would understand what is wrong with that product so and because you know the knowledge you you understand it and it sometimes I get worried that will someone else understand so I think there yeah. is a concept where I'm a bit nervous about the, regula- the regulation uh-huh. behind bits but the more you do it like the confidence grows and it is there to protect not to like prevent you doing
0: business yeah yeah and what about you Carl uh, A military be... man are you intimidated by regulation
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no yeah I was going to say I'd be more in, inclined to be with with Ben on that side of it and uh yeah you touched touched on it there with coming from the military you know it's guidelines, you know, it's regulation heavy. If I was going to do uh, something involving weapons, there's, there's a clear um, guidelines in place and rules and regulations on what has to happen and when and all these sorts of steps. So, you know, yes, definitely, uh, that, that that's something that I can I can be comfortable with.
0: Okay, great <coughs> stuff. Um, now. Carl, sticking with you, what do you think in an ideal scenario your career and your job will look like? You already said you've probably be employed in some kind of capacity um, by a firm. Um, what, kind of, what kind of firm would you like to work for? What kind of working pattern are you expecting from your career?
3: I suppose in terms of work pattern, I'm, I'm coming from a different point where most other people are. Um, at the minute, I I go to work on Monday morning at four o'clock, and I don't come home until Friday evening, because um, I stay stay on camp. Um, so if the employer lets me home every night, I'm going to be pretty happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that, that's 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 the first point. And um, I suppose I'd like to be a part of uh, a, a firm that's fairly team orientated. You know, coming from an environment that has you know pe- people centric and it, that, that that team sort of ethos. You know, I'll do a bit, you help me out. You help, uh, and we can work it both ways. So, you know that that is something that I'd like from from a firm. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. What about you, Ben? What are you What are you looking for?
3: Um, I think
2: it's pretty simple: just honesty, integrity, and empathy. Is. What I bench what what I hold myself accountable to which, which is what I'd hold my employer accountable to as well, I think when we were talking previously about regulations, I don't think this is an industry that has been regulated very strongly in the past and as a result has created sort of a a, a generation of of poor advisors who are more money focused than people focused uh, and I think for me, what I want to get out of an employer is someone who cares more about people than than the money
0: mm-hmm Great. And and you, Lauren, obviously, same as um, Ben, you're already employed effectively. What Ten years from now, what do you think your career is going to look like? Ten years from now,
1: I'd like to think I'm in that financial planner seat, delivering the advice myself. Um, I definitely think it's TFP. Obviously, it's early days still, but they're so behind you. They want you to really achieve the best. And like Ben said, they've got such a focus on the clients but making sure they're not what we want it's making sure they're getting everything they want and I want to work for a firm that's not there just to make money it's there to actually benefit people's lives and TFP are definitely fully in the ethos of doing that mm-hmm. so I think they also want that for their staff so I think there's definitely the opportunity to grow up to mm-hmm. a position like that potentially.
0: Okay great and, and what do you think success will look like for you?
1: I think success to me is that I've gone on a career pathway i've gone through all the different roles and i think confidence knowing that you're you're delivering the best you can be for a client and just being confident any situation that's thrown at you no matter what investment it is what kind of circumstances it's around that you feel completely trained and calm to be able to deal with that so i think confidence would have to be a success factor for me
0: Mm -hmm. and what about you ben because you already alluded to the um, the previous historic sales targets mentality what's success going to look like for you I
2: think uh, something that Lauren touched on is uh, longevity in creating that financial plan. Um, But I think as an advisor, seeing that plan through to the end, um, what I love about working with Lumen and working with the senior advisors some of these advisors have had these clients for 30, 40 years, and at the end of it, it's just, you know, you're walking your friend through a process by the end of it as opposed to a, as a, a client. And I think I like that, that sense of camaraderie you have, uh, not just with your colleagues, like you were mentioning, but, but also, you know, with the clients, with the people that you're working with. Um, that's really what I'm looking for, and I think that's what would be like a successful future for me, would be having a client base, a client bank that I know... That I am helping, and that everything is 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 going in the right direction, and has been for a long time, and will continue to do so.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, Carl, what are you looking for in from you know from an employer and your yourself, I suppose, in delivering a s- successful?
3: Uh, I suppose initially from 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 the employer, uh, the employee p- uh, point that you made uh, <clears> there. <throat> Um, it, it's just having that understanding of like where I'm starting from. You know, I, I'm pretty much going to be coming into a position where I, I'm pretty close, or if not fully qualified as a level four financial planner, uh, but I'm conscious that I'm not um, that I have no experience. So, having an employer that can understand that that's my start point. Um, it would be would be really beneficial to me and develop it there and, and getting that work experience as best as I can um you know I'm a fast learner I have a great desire to to succeed uh, and someone that can provide me with that assistance early on uh, would be really good um and you know success would just be um being able to complete this journey being able to be a financial planner Uh, And and taking that protracted over the next 10, 20 years and just uh, just sort of mastering a new craft, if you like.
0: Mm -hmm. So it it kind of sounds like sales targets are not really the kind of focal point in any of your future um, advice practices. Um, Now, let's talk a bit about skills. Um, What qualities, Ben, do you think you have to have as an advisor and... And which skills are you keen to develop in your career or at the initial in the initial training stages? What were you which skills were you looking to develop?
2: I think I think the one um, skill you need to have above all else is empathy. Um, and I think that that comes naturally to most people, I think. But if it doesn't, it is something you, you can train, I suppose, Um but I think something I'm looking to develop more is the analytical side of things. I think the emotional intelligence, I i, I, I dare say I think I'm okay with that. But that we talked a, bit, a little bit about regulations and exams. I think I'll always feel, especially because I've only been doing this for about a year, year and a half, I'll always feel... Um, slightly lacking from the technical side of things, especially when you go to a meeting with someone who's got 30, 40 years experience on you and something will come up and you think, oh, do you know what, I I kind of know what that is, but I don't know around it too much. So I think um, the technical side of things will always be something I think you've got to hone in immediately, but I don't think, I think they go hand in hand, like sort of the emotional, empathetic intelligence and the sort of the technical side of things. I guess. I don't know. So it's a bit of a fluffy answer. It's <laughs> a so good answer.
0: No, absolutely. Lauren, you are in the midst of your training, as, as are all of you. Um, what, Between now and you becoming a an employed financial planner, what skills do you want to develop?
1: I think it's, like Ben said, it's a very personal service that you're giving out. It's not just advice, it's planning. So I think it'd be personable and active listening. Like a lot of but meetings we have, there's a lot of goals and objectives that the couples haven't even discussed between themselves of right. what life looks like after retirement and the planners at TFP are really good at asking them challenging questions and I think it's adapting that style like how you go around asking because there's topics you don't want to talk about like no one wants to think about a and dying early but it's a conversation you have to have so it's the best way to approach that I feel like at the moment I wouldn't be able to approach that heads on in the correct way mm. there's so many ways that things you need to learn about different people reacting in different ways and how you stimulate them conversations so I think it's really a communication thing like developing it to a further standard so you can ask the question but also set back and listen and get their real thoughts and opinions not just trying to like lead them through an answer because I feel like sometimes I think you want them to say oh, I don't know what would happen when you actually want them to think about would they be okay or what they think they might do so I mm-hmm. think active listening and communication's always got to be
0: improved. Yeah. Mm. So so the softer skills, really. Um, Carl, what transferable skills do you think you're bringing to this industry from your previous job?
3: Yeah, so, I mean, off the top of my head, you've got, you know, good interpersonal skills, um, good relationship-building skills, analytical, report writing, all those sorts of things, uh, 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 you know, what we've honed in the military uh, day to day. You know, for example, right now I'm... I'm, uh, Oversee the day-to-day operational running of a uh, 90 people uh, squadron. That involves a, a lot of conversations. You know, whether that is giving clear, concise direction to to achieve the current operational output, um, or whether that is having a one-to-one conversation because uh, one of my individuals has had a marriage breakdown. How does that impact them, their families? How how does that impact the the, the operational output? And how do we come to uh, a good a good conclusion for both parties? Um, relationship building, you know, been to all sorts of countries across the world. And sometimes I'm the first people they meet. You am know, very conscious that, you know, I'm the first impression that they're going to get of a Royal Marine and, and actually the, the whole UK. Um, it's it Probably the first time they've ever met someone from there. So I'm very conscious of the fact that, you know, th- this first meeting is really going to set the scene for, for the rest of the, the people that are going to come through here. So it, you know, there, there are a few obvious um, skills that I think I can bring across.
0: Mm-hmm. And what do you think you would like to learn between now and, and kind of going for jobs?
3: I suppose for, for me, just um, le- learning that from now would just be, you know, getting a better understanding of, of the industry, what the jobs involve. Ultimately, I'm at a point right now where if it's not in a textbook, I don't I don't know what that is or, or, what, or how to uh, implement that thing. So, you know, my, my focus now is very, very much like how do I get some work experience whilst I continue mm-hmm. uh, my studying? Yeah.
0: yeah, that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, now, I think, are you all doing the CII exams? Is that correct? What made you choose these particular exams over others? At
1: the TFP, we use the CII exams because they're so broad. They give you a really good foundation to build on because it covers so many topics, so many areas. So we feel like it's a really good one to provide the foundation to build up on. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, it's it's the same at Lumen. Um, I think it's the diversity of exams that you can do. Um, and the range within that um, I think beyond that having having passed my level four diploma going on to the chartered exams I think once you go on to those sort of higher level learning exams as well again it, it sort of explodes even further and there's a lot more diversity and range you can explore there. Um, so I think from that perspective that's probably, why? Why they chose it? I didn't choose it, but I'm glad that they did.
0: <laughs> and what about you, Carl? Because you said you work with next gen planners, and I That's think right. I think that they work with the CISI, for example. And um, what made you go for the CII?
3: Yeah, so so for me, as an outsider looking in, uh, my first portal call was just look at job adverts. What 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 do people want on this new career that I want? So, uh, yes, most of them just say level four qualified, but it's nearly always prefixed with CII and. And, and the more and more I looked about it, it, was just the one that was mentioned, so it just seemed like the obvious one for me. Uh, and then also in my in my explorations and, and my research, I'd been to lots of academies, and by and large they all use CII, apart from Quilter, I think, that their LIBF. Um, so as I hadn't decided on who I was going to go with or where my career was going to go at that stage before I'd even taken an, an exam, it just seemed like the one that was going to give me the most options mm-hmm. as i continued on this journey
0: okay excellent and <clears throat> when it comes to further training how important will, will ongoing training be, be to you carl do you think once you once you are employed do you think you'll you'll want to um, continue developing and training or do you think you just want to get on with your job
3: no 100 uh... percent Training is, is something that um, is really important to me. It's something definitely in the military, continuing training, continuing to improve. You don't just sit still. Um, so that is something that is really important to me. And yeah, see, seeing uh, being a part of an employer that, that could assist me in, in that um, training would, would be great.
0: Mm-hmm. And what about you, Ben? Are you expecting your employer to kind of uh, support continuing training?
2: Yeah, 100%. I mean, you can never stop learning, can you? Um, and there's always something to learn from someone, whether that be a, a colleague or, or, or even a client. Um, I think, yeah, I think my the, the company that I work for at the moment, they they support the extra learning with the exams, but we also do things uh, such as sort of sales academy and emotional training, which I think is re- like really integral, and I don't think that's ever something that you can say that you've completed. There's always going to be more to learn.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and what about you... Um Lauren, what kind of ongoing training do you think you'll be interested in when, once you start financial planning?
1: I mean, there's so much um, there's so much of interest that you can need to keep learning. Like, we've got voyant training where you build the financial plan. There's so much on there. and It's such a powerful tool to model. That's something I'd really want to explore more. And like Ben said, the emotional side of it. We're really lucky at TFP. There's a, a dam, one of the directors, runs the human side of money. And it's looking more at the behaviour of the clients, like why they react, like every behaviour is rational because they have a reason for it. And it's really interesting looking at that side to see why people react the way they do. And I think that helps everyone at TFP like learn why something's happening and how to best go about their circumstances because like, everyone, everything's rational to someone.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned um, a couple of examples that impressed you. What about you, Ben? Do you have any examples of training or initiatives that really impressed you?
2: I think at Lumen we have um, something called the Sales Academy, which is really good, and that's about um, what Carl was alluding to—that first impression. And um, we have lots of trainings on that first impression: how you communicate who you are, how you communicate what you do, and how you can potentially help the person you're speaking to. Um, and I think that first impression—you know, you know—the age-old saying: you never get a second chance at the first impression. Um, and having that sort of support uh, amongst other things is, is really helpful.
0: Mm-hmm. So even though it's called sales economy, it's not actually about pushing sales, right? No,
2: I don't think so. I think that's just the, the, the old school people that at the company. Okay.
0: <laughs> um, and what about you, Carl? Um, have you got any, have you stumbled across any training or initiatives that you found really? Yes,
3: with, with... I mean, I've, the previous uh, the vet- veterans that I've spoke to that have gone on through the academies, I've I've heard lots of great things uh, about all those those, those processes. But uh, as I mentioned before, some of them just weren't going to fit my needs for for this moment in time. So, uh, after I met a, uh, a veteran called. Ben Beck, who does the financial advisor mentorship group, I'd stumbled across him. He introduced me uh, to that group and some other people, and then that ultimately led me on to Next Gen Planners, who are doing my training for. Uh, but there's a very social side to to that platform as well, uh, and that's and they, and they have everyone there from people at you know my stage of training uh, to business owners and everyone in between, and and just being able to ask questions out there. You know, what's the best thing to do next? get to speak to a uh, business owner how sh- you know if you were me how would you position yourself where would you start from it's just been really valuable to me it's been been a really useful uh, source
0: excellent well sadly that's all we have time for today um thank you very much for coming in it was really interesting to talk to you and i'm sure a lot of employers out there will be interested to hear what you've had to say um, thank you for listening. If you want to hear more about Lauren, Ben, or Carl's journey into advice, you can look out for their case studies on our website at ftadvice.com forward slash future talent. Thank you very much.
3: Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable.